Hey y'all, it's your girl at Joy Leah and welcome to my podcast Backstage with Joy Leah. Today we have Mr. Sean Howard, Mr. Spokesman. On my podcast today, we are going to be talking about politics and his new podcast as well. So this is just going to be a podcast and politic type show. So you guys sit back, listen up, and enjoy the show. Hey y'all, again, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. Today, we have Mr. Sean Howard on my show today. Um, I would give you guys, you know, all of his background, but I'm not going to do that. You guys know this is my stepfather. So, I'm so excited that he is on my show and he's going to give me all of the inside scoop when it comes to what's going on in politics today because he is the spokesman and we are also going to talk about his new podcast and everything that he got going on so Sean how you doing I'm doing good and you you sound good you look good (laughs) and uh how are my grandbabies oh they are good they're good they just got out of school so I have them upstairs quiet, psychopathic. <laughs> but we are all doing good, good. And yeah. yourself, you know, it's a new year. Yeah, I, I affectionately, I affectionately call them the little bank robbers. <laughs> <laughs> all of, it seems like all of your grandchildren. They come around me, they rob me. <laughs> well. Yeah, a little bank robbers. Yes, all your grand, they know though, they know. You know, people used to pull quarters That's out right. of the ear. I can't get around. Look, people used to pull quarters out of their ear. Mm-hmm. You pulling out hundred dollar bills, so it's a whole different conversation. <laughs> yeah. So well, you know, I'm 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 grateful and honored. I'm grateful and honored to be on your show, given that you've been going at it for so long, and I've been on the Today Show, and I've been on all these other shows. <laughs> I didn't get a chance to come to John Leah's show because I finally got my invite. I'm so honored, grateful, and blessed. I mean, you you. <laughs> Save the goods for later. I can't bring out my spade and my joker early, you know, so I gotta save these shows for okay. <laughs> look, that's me um buttering them up, y'all. That's how you gotta you do it. Around me too long. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> and I'm honored to have you know, you've been busy. So I I got the time that I got, the slot that I got, I had to take it. So I'm honored that you're on my show as well. So Everybody, you know, everybody always be like, you know, I seen your stepdaddy on TV. I seen your daddy on TV. I seen him doing this for years, y'all. So, can, and they always want to know what you do. And I try to explain it to them. But can you explain? What is it that you do? (laughs) Well, by, by nature, I'm a publicist. And the role of a publicist, I guess, for your viewers and and listeners who watch it the movie uh, show Scandal, uh, Olivia Pope. Well, I'm the male version of that. And so currently uh, I have my own PR firm and we have like over 16 clients. But uh, I started as a Mayor Daly spokesman, uh, Cook County Board President John Stroger spokesman back here in Chicago for your listeners here in Chicago. And, and I ended up being a spokesman for several um, highly recognized elected officials and uh, have worked numerous campaigns and been a political consultant for campaigns, but basically now in this phase of my life, I'm just uh, have numerous clients. I have a number of municipalities and number of mayors to whom I serve as spokesperson for as a consultant. So um, that's the early TV exposure to which you were exposed to as a young girl being with me a lot of times uh, was significant. It was relevant and it has been very beneficial in this part of my life where I can just cruise and watch you work hard. Right, right. I try to tell folks, like, 
you know, oh, Olivia Pope or whatever like that. I never, you know, thought about it like that, but you are the male version of Olivia Pope. Like you, whenever you do something, they call you or whenever you do something wrong, I would say. Especially in the political world. Well, they, you know, they, that's better. Yeah, that's better than them calling someone who don't look like us doing it. So I'd rather do it. No, the Tribune uh, affectionately called me Oliver Pope. So I'll take that. <laughs> I mean, for real. Um, over the years, so many things and so many people that I've heard that you've worked with, you, you know, it's it's just crazy how you've gotten, you know, so many people through things that they went through. I don't want to, um, like, tell people business because that's not what we're on the show for, but you've really helped out a lot of people when it comes to um, controversy, I would say. Yeah, you know, that's the nature of it. Confidentiality, obviously, is something that you want to instill in every client that they have your complete trust. And you need that to move forward. But, you know, especially when you're dealing with high-level ministers and um, doing some of those now. But the, you want to get to know your client. You want to know the essence of what makes your client tick, what pisses them off, if I can say that, and, and what makes them happy. And then you don't go in being judgmental. You go in with a job to do. You don't worry about, and it's unfortunate, some people are very critical of people like me, but you don't you get to the truth, but you're not judgmental against your client because your job, and they're paying you to spend things off and to ensure uh, that their name is protected. And when, you know, especially when things are at the wire and could explode any moment. So um, it's, I don't call it a fun job, but it's not boring. Or oftentimes it's not fun because there are children involved on the other side. It gets personal like that, but it's all good. Yeah, I mean, I could imagine it's not boring. I doubt it's fun, but <laughs> I can imagine it is not it's boring. It's not boring. <laughs> but because um, I remember, like, you know, when you was working with um, Blavojkovich, and I just remember the little job I had with him. Like, you, I, we ain't even going to bring up the stuff you did for him, but the little job I had with him, with, you know, calling people. I, we was making stacks. I mean, it, it was it was really like I, I should have got into the political world back then, but now it's kind of too late. But it yeah. is ironically, uh, I ran into Rod, who was in he was in prison for like eight years, seven years. He's out now. Uh, actually, former President Trump gave pardon him or a community sentence. He didn't get a pardon. Community sentence. Uh, so it's still on his record, but he was able to leave jail. Oh, and wow. I talked to him; he's still a friend to this day. You know, uh, that was that, that was a white collar crime. Uh, he, he he was accused of trying to sell a Senate seat, and that was even kind of mur- kind of mushy because it really wasn't that. But that's my opinion. But he's still a good man. Patty, his wife, is still a wonderful woman. He was the best governor that black folks had here in Illinois, and he went on to the national stage and. I'm glad that you were exposed to things like that at a young age because it's apparently paying off for you too. Yeah. Yeah, it it is because, I mean, even with the simple, oh, God, y'all, y'all don't understand. I used to have to fax like 5,000 media blasts to, or yeah, press releases out. I mean, this is before you could send an email and 5,000 people could get it. You literally had to dial each number, okay? So I was charging a heavy $20 for that. <laughs> uh, heavy, I need some gas money for that. Yeah, yeah, you know that. But even, even before you got your license, uh, I remember at 14, 15, you're doing that. And $20 went a long way for a 14-year-old back in the 90s. Yes, it did. Yes, you it did. You had a special taste, though. <laughs> So, what makes these um, people, these socialized celebrities, politicians, ministers, all these people, what makes them reach out to you when it comes to, I mean, uh, duh, but. I've worked. 
you, you know, before you learn to lead, you have to learn how to serve. And I've served some prominent individuals just carrying bags through airports. You know some of them, some prominent ministers in particular. But also, uh, even working for Mayor Daly, I tell people Mayor Daly was the best and worst boss I had here in Chicago because he demanded perfection. And you had to crawl before you walked. You just, he just wasn't going to put you in front of a camera. You have to sit in a room sometimes with some high-powered high individuals and keep your mouth closed and take notes. And when questioned a few days later, you had to have a memory lock firm enough to answer questions directly because he often would forget things or he would put you through a test. So people saw my exposure to him behind the scenes and they saw my exposure with some other prominent ministers who come along some controversial lines. And I used to be the guy carrying a bag, forced to go and write a, write a press release but couldn't get in front of the camera. Uh, my job was to coordinate the press conference and there was a lead spokesperson who would take the realm and, and talk about things. So I learned from a lot of good people in Chicago, both African-American, Caucasian, and the like. And I think my first exposure was uh, being the uh, spokesman for the police department. And that was, uh, now that was an exciting job. But it was a heartfelt job. It was a difficult job in that I had to go on crime scenes. And to be able to articulate a crime scene, the lead investigator basically tells you what you can say what you can't say. You gotta, so I look at a lot of deceased bodies, uh, gun victims, stab wound victims. Uh, you know, I saw a lot of horrific stuff, but it matured me and it groomed me. It also uh, evolved me into the person that I am today where nothing really shocks me anymore. Right. But the police department was a good battleground battle right. for me. I mean, uh, in Chicago, you know, in Cook County, and you see everything, and it's much different from any other uh, city right. in America. Uh, right. Chicago is in a world of its own when it comes when it comes to crime, politics, and food. Right, Joy? Yeah, man, all three. I tell people, y'all ain't seen nothing until you go to Chicago. Crime, politics, <laughs> bro, it's it's totally different. It's on like yeah. a different level of like seriously, <laughs> it's crazy. And what's so funny? When you say how you had to, um, you know, watch other people and, you know, listen to other people, you guys, I'm going to just tell the truth because I done graduated and everything and, you know, I'm going, I done lived my life. Well, I'm living my life. You know, he used to write a lot of my papers. Like, he used to just come up with this stuff off his head. So, my next question is, so when you go to these crime scenes and you go to these places or wherever you go where you got, you know, when a scandal or something is happening, do you just come up with this stuff off the top of your head before you come in front of the news crew? Because you really kind of have it all together and you just show up and you already know how to articulate what's going on. So how did, like... You know, you read. Reading is, reading, reading is fundamental, as they say.
Uh, recreationally, when I was a lobbyist for Mayor Daley, I would go to Springfield, our state capital, and I played basketball with some legislators every day before they went into session. And it'd be state reps and state senators. And one particular state senator that I played ball with, he was left-handed. And he always smoked between basketball games, pickup games. And he always told me, Sean, what you do is hard, but it's also easy because you get to learn people and you get to study people. And, you know, that's a fascinating job because I am a people's person. I like to people watch. I'll go out of town, sit on the balcony and just people watch with a glass of wine. Uh, but that person, that left-handed guy was a guy named Barack Obama. <laughs> I played basketball with at the Senate gym twice a week, and uh, and I've helped him along the way too. Uh, and he went on to you know be pretty famous if you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I learned from people like that when they were unheard when they were unheard of, and uh, and then you want to expose your family to things. And so we've been blessed. Um, and, you know, you and your brothers and sisters have been exposed to athletes, entertainers, politicians alike. So it's it's rewarding. You know, but it is a very difficult job, and I got gray hair at an early age, maybe 28, 29, because you go to bed with secrets of everybody, and you've been entrusted to hold those secrets. And, you know, it's a lot of stress because I was the uh, spokesperson for the county board president, and if your viewers and listeners don't know this name, they should uh, pull it up on the Internet. guy by the name of Todd Stroger, S-T-R-O-G-E-R. He was a Cook County Board President here in uh, Chicago. His dad was the County Board President before him. Uh, he was probably the most controversial politician, uh, let's say, between 2006 and 2010. And I was his spokesperson. And every media outlet hated him. They charged at him. And I worked 16 hours a day for him. And my phone, when it jumped off the hook, it was always another controversy. Uh, I didn't like that job that much. I loved him as a person. But the job was tough. But I think that was the best job I ever had as well because it groomed me to handle country. Some people don't like uh, conflict, and I become, you know, a guy who deals with conflict resolution. But it's scary when your phone rings, you see the reporter, and it's 9 o'clock at night, and I know he's running the story the next day on a client of mine. And I got to wake that client up and ask them about this particular scenario. So, um, yeah, you get to find out things hours before it hits the papers. And things that aren't very pleasant sometimes, and that's why I like positive news. But I don't I haven't been successful because of positive news. I've been successful in how I handle bad news. And you need people like that in your life. You don't need one, but others. Yes, yes, yes. the devil is a liar. But um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm glad you kind of really summed up and. Everything that you do, because so many people, I promise you, I, you know, I don't have Chicago news. I don't have it. So people call me and I'm like, I can't see it. I don't, look, send me the clip or whatever. But <laughs> now they could kind of be like, oh, that's what he do. Okay. Yeah. Look, when I need something like that, maybe yeah. I need to reach out if I know somebody. Because you do need those type of individuals. I never thought about it growing up. I just was like, mm, all these politicians, all these people, you know, and even all these celebrities, when we just go to the basketball, all these sit in front row, okay, all these basketball players, I never thought that you were helping them in some type of way. I just was like, even Tyler Perry, like, I never yeah, knew. Yeah, Tyler, like, you. A funny, funny story, I saw Tyler uh, last year, and um, yeah, I just want to. 10,000 people, maybe three years ago, 10,000 people in, their, in an auditorium looking at a play. And uh, my college roommate, who you know, Parma Williams, was in the play. And I was able to uh, kind of go backstage. And he says, I know you from somewhere. I said, yeah, I used to drive you around every time you came here. And I was just simply a limo driver. But there was a time when he was very poor. Before the Medea character, I would drive him around. He had uh, this play with LaShawn Pace and Angela Wimbush and others uh, who are now, you know, very popular. And I would pick him up every day. He would run that show three months, every day for three months in Chicago. And I picked him up every day, took him to the Hudson Hotel, brought him back to the theater. But when he paid his cast out every Friday, he didn't have a checking account. And he used to 
cashed his checks to Mercantile Bank, which you know all too well, on Ridge Road mm-hmm. in Munster, Indiana. So I had downtown, come all the way out to Munster, around the corner from where we lived at the time, sure. And I would have him in the back seat of the car, cash his check, give him the money, and take him right back downtown. And I did that every Friday for about a span of three years and three months uh, per year. And uh, that, that was my routine every Friday. I did not know that, one, the Medea character would come out of that. And number two, that I was grabbing around a future billionaire would it be. Okay. Didn't know that. And and now uh, he was kind of, I mean, I, I won't go into the conversations he and I had when we kind of reunited the things that, you know, he's done for me and, and, and his kindness and generosity. But he remembers and he shows gratitude. I'll put it that way. But, yeah, that, that was a while ago. But. Yeah, you were exposed to Tyler Perry at a very young age. I forgot about that. Yeah, and I was going to say, even what you said, how, why people come to you or everything, because you had that sub- subservient heart, if, I, if I've if i said it right. You were simply yeah, a liberal driver. I've never heard of that word. Before. <laughs> <laughs> you was, you, right I know, right? <laughs> You sub, look at me, sub, sub, serving. But no, you was serving. You was, at the time, you was doing a service. You was serving, limo driver, assistant. People don't realize how servitude and doing things like that will bring you amongst great men. You know, everybody wants to be that great man and wants to be that and don't realize the steps that you have to take to get there it doesn't happen overnight it you know it, it's not just it's not, nobody is born in the palace where it's just given to them right. so you know sometimes you have to take those steps but being you know yeah. you know giving service can get you you know farther than you really even think about like you know, I bet you probably never even thought back then when you was the limo driver that you would be doing all this that you're doing. Right. And now I run into young guys. Uh, you know, I'm crazy about, I, I don't like Uber. I like Lyft. And I do that Lyft luxury uh, XL. I want I want the SUV. <laughs> to pick me up. And, and the, who are driving. And, and they talk my ears off to the airport, especially if they recognize me. They talk my ears off. And they just want help and advice. And, and I've learned, even though I had to be humble in serving back then, I have to be even more humble now because these young cats that's grabbing me around sometimes and are calling me for advice, you know, they're the future billionaires too. So I may need help when I'm 75 and they can help a brother out. Right, exactly. So is that something that you want to leave for the next generation, just kind of letting them, you know, know, you know what I'm, you – go ahead. I'm inspired by you, and I'm inspired, well, all all of my children, but particularly you and your your little brother, because you're kind of following my footsteps a lot of, in a lot of ways. Uh, you in this particular podcast, which you've been extremely successful, and you've learned how to even leaving home out of the nest, go to Atlanta and really make a great name for yourself. So your mom and I are always proud of you in that regard. And your brother now is in law school, but he himself has worked the communications route, so it's always a good fallback. Uh, communications, this particular field, is is ripe for African Americans, and just at large, we just don't take advantage of it. Some people want to major in business and things like that. You can major in whatever you want, but communications is always there. There's entertainment, there's political, there's general, there's news. There's so much you can promote, and marketing and communication is something at large uh, we've catered to as a people in terms of the entertainment industry, mm-hmm. but there there is a need for more governmental communication of uh, people from our community, and we just don't take advantage of it. You, you see, uh, people. I think the young lady uh, on CNN. She's I think there's a few African American women on CNN. I know one works for the Biden administration now, but they're spokeswomen now, and they're they're good, but they're that we see acting as analysts every day. And we need more. We need more African-American men uh, for the longest. And I still even think now, uh, it was said in Chicago magazine that I was the lone African-American male 
who was a governmental spokesperson. That was in 2002. Mm-hmm. And here we are, here we are, 2021, and I still don't see an African-American man as a, right. a governmental spokesperson. So, you know, it's a rarity, and it's a, you know, it, it's financially beneficial. This is a good field to be in. And uh, now, my, my walk to this level is ma- mainly on faith, uh, because I didn't go to college. Because I went to college to be an educator, and I dropped out. And, you know, things just worked itself out. Yeah. You know, I was just determined, I was just determined that I was going to make my grandmama proud and I was going to be somebody. But college just, college gave me a groundswell of organizational development, but I just wasn't a college guy per se. So when I got out, I had to work the hard route by working for politicians, knocking on doors for votes and learn that system that way and come, I say I worked it from the bottom and got to the top. And, uh, you know, I went from sub, sub below zero weather, working for someone who wants to run for city councilman, uh, knocking on doors, putting flyers in doors, articulating my candidate's platform for free as a volunteer. And that was, uh, maybe in 85, 86. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, just kind of worked my way up and wanted, to, always went to the, whoever I was working for. I said, Hey, can I be the campaign manager? And they looked at me like I was dumb and said, go sit in the corner, boy. And uh, I just kept pressing them and pressing them and learning and learning and describing. And I had a lot of help along the way. You don't get this far without a lot of help. People going to help you. And so uh, I didn't know how to write a press release. but And I won't go into names, but you know who taught me. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, someone that we know very dear taught me how to write a press release. And I took off from there. And once I was able to master writing, and now I'm an expert writer. And those same people come back and say, "Well, you didn't turn into a decent writer. Mm-hmm. Once you learn how, to learn once you learn how to write a story and learn how to write a press release, you can write your ticket anywhere. Because the first thing people see from me is a press release, and I write a story of a real life experience that's happening. And the, in order for me to get the press to come cover that story for my client, these are positive stories, I got to write a storyline. I have to intrigue." the assignment editor working behind the scenes at a news station, why should she or he send a $150,000 media truck out there with a big tower and report on something that I'm advocating for them to report on? And it's all in your storyline. So, uh, yeah, from the publicist side, I have to impress a lot of assignment editors who have made my life. Uh, those assignment editors are responsible for the good life you've had, you know, in part growing up, the good life your siblings, your younger siblings are having now. Uh, you know, I had to really impress those assignments to my success because in as much as I was a spokesman, I was also a publicist where I had to write a press release. Uh, let's say, for example, you want the press to come out and cover uh, you giving away coats uh, to people in need and say, hey, uh, Sean, I, I want the press to come out and see what we're doing. I gotta now go to the to the computer and say, okay, I'm gonna write a press release on Joy. I gotta talk about her background. I gotta talk about why she's doing it. Maybe we identify one person who needs to go that maybe lost their job through a COVID-19 crisis and they're forced to stay at home because the kids can't go to physical school. I guess if you were living here in Chicago, <laughs> and you know, you gotta think about all those things and 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 create and create a scenario where, in most cases, it's a female assignment editor. You gotta touch that female's heart. And say, you know what? Sean wrote a good press release. This is going to be a good story. Let's send a camera crew out there. And that's how I'm successful now in doing that. More so than standing in front of the camera. You make more money behind the camera when you promote others. Right. Right. And I just know if I need, if I do something like that, I'm going to just call you. I'm going to just have you do it. Or I'm going to just be like, tell me exactly what I need to write down and do so I can get somebody out here. Because I'm giving away these jackets. But <laughs> um, especially and, like and, I know, and, and and your 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 Miss Atlanta self came up here to Chicago on Christmas and got on TV. That was only know about that. I know, but that I know only the Chicagoans know about that. But that was uh, that was all through you, and it, it was really fun. I miss, I actually missed it. I forgot how you worked and how you used to just do your thing, and within. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, we in there, we out, and you done changed the world. So I really, really appreciate that, and I'm glad um, Bella got to see that. I'm so mad Savannah didn't go. 
But I, I'm glad, you know, my kids got to get yeah, a little bit exposed to that. Yeah, but the best part of that, uh, and Bella knows, was Cracker Barrel afterwards. <laughs> yes. <Y'all> <laughs> that was the best part. So, look, so since we're on this subject of, you know, politics and everything, how do you feel about this new administration? Because I know you've been campaign managing for a million and two years. How, like, how do you feel about what's going on? I mean, I know you gave that life up, but how do you feel about this administration, everything that they got going on and what they plan on doing? Yeah, well, I think that uh, uh, right now President Biden uh, probably has accomplished so much in the first two weeks that you really don't have to do much for a month. He could take a month off because those executive orders to which he signed on day one really uh, impacted the lives of so many Americans. Uh, even this recent, uh, the foreclosure crisis, you know, mm-hmm. Trump was going to allow those evictions to go through. People lost their jobs to COVID-19 and the deadline came up uh, January 1st and uh, I'm sorry, January 25th and uh President stepped in, signed an executive order uh, extending the uh, moratorium on evictions uh, for 90 days. You don't know how much that helped white America, black America, Hispanic Americans. Everybody's been impacted. It transcends race when it comes to job loss through COVID. And that that was significant. The immigration uh, executive order says he signed. I mean, it impacts so many Hispanics who uh, were on the verge of being deported back, being separated from their parents again. Uh, he, he put a moratorium on those particular matters. And, and the whole COVID-19, the distribution of the vaccine, we, he found out when he went up in there, uh, I use that term loosely, <laughs> that this cat had a plan to, to distribute 150 million uh, vaccines and didn't do nothing. It was like the vaccines all sitting in the vault. And he ain't went in there and pulled none of them out. <laughs> and so his job has been rather easy, just signed the executive order and twisted. And the media gets fascinated. Oh, President Biden signed the executive order, and now vaccines are going to go out 16% uh, more than they did prior to. Well, it's pretty easy when a guy screwed up that bad, and all you got to do is take your pen. Trump had a heartless way of governing. And uh, as we saw in the Capitol riots, President Biden's biggest job is unifying the country right now. It's not the executive orders. It's not the progress he's going to make. He's going to get his $1.9 trillion uh, stimulus package. He'll get that done. But it's the unification of our country because what y'all black folk did in Georgia was phenomenal. And that threw everybody off their square, if I can say that. And when y'all black folk in Georgia got out y'all bed, came out, and y'all went up in there. Go go wake up, Uncle. We going up in there today. Go get Bobo off the corner. (laughs) And y'all went up there and look, I thought, oh man, Delta was running. South Africa with Atlanta and y'all, y'all, y'all didn't need Stacey Abrams but one time to tell y'all and y'all was look what you all did y'all get a inspiration, hope, and focus. The rest of black, black. for real. And I mean, age came alive. You know that thirties and forties age group uh-huh. that they say would be.
and, and racism runs rapid, you all make sure you cover your home base. And y'all went and told y'all relatives downstate Georgia and suburban Georgia, get y'all tails out of the bed. We can take over the state. And now y'all done took over the state. Yeah. And that's beautiful. And you pissed Trump off, and you're the reason why your party's not in office. <laughs> I mean, we did. They look. We made history. They mad. They they big mad at Georgia. But I mean, I don't. I I I would say it's all Atlanta, but it 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 was Savannah. It was Macon. It was Augusta. They were getting people up. Like, look, suburbia. Yes, they were making folks really go out. Stacy, I don't know how she did it, but it was a lot of people on this campaign, and it just, I, you know, when I used to. Well, I want to say when I used to, but yeah. back in the day when we used to do campaigns and do stuff like that, it just really reminded me why I don't do that right now. But <laughs> but it did just remind me that you really these people have to hit the pavement, and they did, and it really changed the state. But even the man that y'all put in the Senate, the black man, he got his butt whooped in that first debate. But y'all was like, we don't care. <laughs> he getting up in there, worn up. We don't yeah, care. Yeah, yeah. Y'all, y'all, y'all took a preacher from Ebony and said, you going to the Senate. And, and that was cool. But once again, it's about black political empowerment. And that was phenomenal. And we saw it. And the whole world watched Georgia. Because y'all had the only election going, the Senate election, the runoff. And the whole world, we thought, I thought it was a Chicago mayor race. I was in tune. I sent money. And, you know, it was a great, great, I mean, it was a great day for black folks in America. I thought we had came out of slavery. I didn't know what to do. But it made me almost want to move. No, I thought we came out of slavery. No, I'm going to say No, but seriously. Yeah, I would stay in Chicago. Nah, nah. Because trust and believe, I don't go right out here. I'm coming back. Don't ever get it twisted. It's it's way better out there. That's why I come so much. I mean, it's cool in Atlanta, but it's nothing like Chicago. Trust me. You'll be wasting your time. You go. You love you love that weather there. Yes, I love the weather. The weather is that. Is trust me. That's what keeps me here, and it's really one of the only things that keeps me here. But um, since we're talking about. But Trump, but Trump is really mad at y'all. Though. I know. That's why. I mean, but Trump you, we, really we, they. I didn't find Warnock. Look, I didn't find Warnock. Somebody did and said you gonna yeah, win, yeah. and he won. That ain't no. That's nobody's fault, but his. But Trump's. I mean, he should. They should have some better people on the red side. So, I was gonna ask since we were talking about people, you know, in getting involved in politics and getting involved in, you know, communication, everything like that. Um. What are some, I would say, positions or roles that you know that we should definitely get more involved in, that we should, like, get into right now, and they're out there for us, and we need to run to Um, them? I I think what you guys did in Atlanta in terms of uh, increasing the awareness of the political landscape we don't teach civics enough in school. It used to be when I was in school, and that was ancient history ago. Civics? Whereas uh, I knew who my local alderman was. You all call it the city councilman. The civics teach you who your state senator is, your state rep is, the role of a state senator, the role of a state representative. Oh, yeah, we don't have United that. States. Yeah, yeah. And, and while they, while they kind of peruse through it in school, it was more of a focus in the 70s and 80s. And when black folks started running for mayor and winning, and started running for state senate and winning, the educational system scaled back civics somewhat because they was teaching us too much and we was learning fast. We need to turn the clock now, go back into our schools and teach civics. If you understand civics, you understand how your neighborhood works. Because back in the 70s and 80s, we not only knew who our alderman was, we knew the role of the alderman. We knew the role of the city council. We knew the role of a congressman, a state senator, or a state representative. So when we got mad at the world, we didn't go blame the wrong person. Now, things that are happening in your state capital there, y'all going blaming the mayor for it. She ain't got nothing to do with that, per se. Are you going to blame your city council or person for it? And they don't have 
nothing to do with what goes on in your state capital. Those are your state reps and state senators. Or when you go to a state senator and blame the congressperson's uh, responsibility. We get mad at the wrong folks and start this uh, empathy in politics because we don't understand it. And mm. I think uh, if uh, this election cycle taught us anything, that we need to get more involved, be better educated on the role of government, because if we understand roles better, you'll understand how to manipulate the process like the other folks do and get what they want. And we got to hold our, we got to learn how to, uh, these town hall meetings and these now virtual uh, town hall meetings, you know, we got to get in tune with that because there's a lot every day and we never at the table. Mm-hmm. And all we got to do is learn. Like your entrepreneurs in Atlanta, y'all got a lot of them. And a lot of those that have been successful, they took the time out to listen and learn the process. So many grants coming out of Washington and coming out of your state legislature, and they don't promote that in all of our neighborhoods. We got to go find that information. Oftentimes, we want stuff to jump in our lap and fall in our lap, and we can't do that. We got to go research. But it goes back to civics in school. We got to understand the roles of government. So when we become adults and want to become entrepreneurs and want those federal contracts and state contracts, we know where to go. As opposed to just say, I'm going to go to the mayor to get a federal contract. But that don't even go together. (laughs) She's a local person. You know, but it's funny. It is. But it's sad, too, because uh, our our kids now, luckily for Savannah and Bella, you you are on them. And I know that you're a great mom. And you're going to maximize everything you can out of that school. And they're going to learn it. But you are in the minority. The majority of the thing that hurts me is when I go, especially in Chicago, I can't speak for Atlanta, but you see it in Atlanta. Yeah. You know, uh, Big big Mama, as Bernie Mac says, 28 now. (laughs) And Big big Mama dropped out of school. And uh, those things hurt our children because all we're doing is having babies, babies having babies, and no one is raising them correctly in some regard. And in urban uh, America, it's the masses that are unfortunately that fall by the wayside with this because we, 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 our parenting skills aren't what they once were. And so it's not just civics, it's us. We got to be a better us. We got to be a better people. We got to, we got to understand where we come from because if we knew where we came from, we would act better. And if we would act better, we'll do better. You're right about that. And that's one thing you would always try to tell us, don't be acting like that. You know, I was the ghetto one, you know, I was the black sheep. And I'm not even in ghetto, y'all. I mean, actually, I'm not, but. No, country, but not ghetto. <laughs> Regardless, I was that one. Everybody else is the proper one. And I'm like, I don't get it. I'm like, okay, I'm from the hood, but I live with y'all. But okay, look. <laughs> I'm like, I live with y'all. How am I from the hood? But okay. Do you know your audience know your nickname? Do they know your nickname? Which one? Because it could have been, you know, black sheep. Who knows? I'm, you could have been one of those, but no, nah, that's that's not. Nah, they know, but they don't. Uh, I won't it's, answer it's to them. I guess that's my alter ego, my hood or whatever. Yeah. But no, I'm I'm actually very proper, you guys. So I don't understand how they used to think that I was like that. I just was outgoing and outspoken. <laughs> well, we all knew in the night. We, we all knew in the 90s you could organize parties for your friends real well. We always knew that. <laughs> but we, we won't go there. Yeah, we won't. But we will let it be known when you needed somebody to do that work or do that stuff, I was the one that you went to. Right. So even though I could put them parties together, I knew how to delegate and put some things, have my friends, everybody pass I, these I out. No doubt. Look, Motorola two way pages. Who want one? Pass them out. We. <laughs> we gonna do it. That's how we used to roll. So I had no doubt. I had no doubt that when you left high school at Red Central in Olympia Fields, Illinois, and when you decided to go to Clark Atlanta, one, I knew you didn't want to come back. Number two, <laughs> I, I, I knew I knew you were gonna handle your business because you've always been academically tight, and so it didn't surprise me when you went to Atlanta and you got it done in four years, graduated on time, uh, you, you didn't miss a party along the way. 
Yeah, still don't look still sorry. <laughs> still don't. But we look we ain't even gonna go there. So look so we talking about government. I know, I know. I was about to say, what's next for Sean? Let's let's get into that. What what's next for you? Uh I want to see uh Bella, Savannah, Shane and Shannon's life, my grandkids, how that materialized. And I want to uh help send them to school, college. All for them, and I want them to be successful. And what I couldn't get through you and your siblings, I want to get to them because they have better opportunities. You all have better opportunities than what your mom and I had, and uh, they will have better opportunities than what you and your siblings had. And so, um, with, with your brother, I, I want to see him graduate from law school and really make it. Um, he has a phenomenal path in front of him. You know, your sister, you know, Jazz is involved in business management now, and I want to support her. I put her in that particular situation. But I want to see you excel. Thank you. Because I think your vision, you know, things. So, you know, I've helped everybody. But in the next 10 years, I want to focus on grandchildren and children. In terms of my professional life, you can tell Savannah Bell that is talking. Uh, okay. Uh, in terms of my, yeah, in terms of my professional life, uh, it's time to retire. And in five years, I want to stop all of this. I want to move to uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida. I want to put my boat in the water, down there, take it out of the water here, put it down there, and I just want to and take people out on boat tours at fifty dollars a head. Here I go making money, right? Right. <laughs> and, I, and I just want to be happy that way, but. Look out, look out for my grandchildren and make sure they have the best world possible. And I know uh, you being a great parent uh, and Chanel being a great parent, and I know Jazz and J-Rock and Mir were probably following those footsteps, but I just want you all to focus on being great parents to which you are. And you've had good examples of that with your mom, and I just want you all to stay focused in that regard. My professional life, I've done it all. I've made a good life for myself and a living work much anymore. But I will be here for young, energetic individuals who want to break the communications barrier and get in. And I want to kind of oversee, assist, and encourage them in that regard. So right now I have a team, I have about eight or nine young people who are looking to do this who call on me every day. Sean, what about this? Mr. Howard, what about this? How how would you write this release? And I give free advice. I hate giving free advice, but I'm doing <laughs> it. But I just want to see the next chapter of Young African American the next chapter of Young African American Communication and Marketing Specialist to be much better than me. I really want that. I really, really want that. Yeah. Well, that is just so wonderful. I really appreciate you being on my podcast. You have given so much knowledge and information. I mean, I knew all this, but it was a good refresher. And you gave some information and some nuggets that I didn't know about. And I just, you know, really appreciate all you do, what you do for Chicago, you know, what you do for Cook County, you know, what you've done for me. And (laughs) I just, you know, appreciate you really taking the time out of your busy schedule and being on my podcast. So before we well, end, I didn't have, I, did, I didn't have a choice. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you didn't, you didn't, but you took the time and I appreciate that. How do we get in contact with you? Uh, you know, I'm, I got a podcast coming up in the next few months. It'll, uh, it'll just be entitled simply speaking. Uh, it's still pretty much in creation form right now. I just hired an engineer, and uh, be hiring some other folks for background stuff because I really wanted a state of the art in the spirit of excellence. And um, right now, just hit me up, Sean Howard, on Facebook for now, but that'll be ever-changing as we go. I've never been a, uh, a, a website guy and all that. People just kind of hear about you and they contact you. And that's been working out for me. But I know now in this next phase through podcasts, I'll you know create, explore, and tap into those other platforms to ensure that I'm accessible. But for now... Sean Howard, Facebook, just hit me up. I'll always bring you in, confirm your friendship. And, you know, people inbox me all the time and just either need a service from me or need advice, and I'm always here. 
But for you and your listeners and viewers, I just want to say continue to follow Joy Leah. She's exciting. She's, you know, very funny. But in as much as she's funny, she's serious about life. And she's serious about the direction of our people. And if you want to talk about the upward mobility of African Americans throughout the state of Georgia and beyond and seeing people really excel and be positive and progressive, you need to continue to tune into Julia's podcast because you learn a lot from entertainment, politics, government, all of it. She coalesces it all together. And she's a pretty darn, I want to say damn, damn good host. Thank you. Thank you. I learned from the best, y'all. Y'all don't understand. I really did, and I really appreciate they don't those even words. Understand. Yeah, they don't. They don't. They don't. They, you see, they think they know, but they have no mm-hmm. idea. And they be trying to tell me, and I be like, "Been there, done that." But okay, thanks for. <laughs> yeah, see, you, I want to. I want to. I want to say this. See, I used to bring you around the rap stars and, and entertainers early in life. You know, you and the two chains and all that stuff. Now I don't know about that, but <laughs> I don't actually. I don't even be be over there around them people. Like I don't. Like I did that, but people, you know, I just happen to know them too. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 you know, I just, you know, I just, I thank God, I really do, you know that, and I know how to act around them too because I've been there, yeah. done that. Like I, I said, <laughs> fun, funny, funny story uh, during the NBA All Star Game, which I used to promote, Tim Hardaway and I was sitting courtside, and you did something. Funny one day, you was just 16 or 17 years ago, 17 years old. I said, yeah, that's my oldest daughter, Joy. One day I'm going to drink with her. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, I mean, in, in literally courtside, like, those were the days in the summer, in those summertime games. I used to be Cameron, all them type people. I mean, those was so- Oh, Lord, to be young again, y'all. I had my friends there, too. All y'all that used to go, y'all know what I'm talking about. Angie, all y'all. Erica, it was fun. Look, but, hey, had to move on. Thank you, Lord. Second place. <laughs> but, no, I... I still got my four-side seats. I know. I know jazz still be J-Rock. I be so jealous. But when I get to Chicago, I get my little bit that I can get in, y'all. Trust me, I do. And I get it in. But, again, thank you guys. Thank you for um, being on my show. Thank you guys for listening. You know you can always reach me at Joy Leah on IG. My Facebook is Joy underscore Leah. And you can always email me at joyleahp at gmail.com. want to, again, thank you, Sean, for being on my show. Thank the listeners. This is, you know, some great information. Feel free to reach out. To shine on Facebook, or you could, you know, email me, and I definitely would get you to him. But again, this is backstage with Joy Leah, and you guys have a wonderful night. Thank you.